We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Obviously, uh, we're going to need some guys to step up. And uh, he's a hole that you can't really fill. You know, he's such a great player, and he plays both sides of the ice. He's been great on the penalty kill. So um, we know guys are going to have to step up and uh, you know try and fill the hole as best we can. I mean, to be honest, I don't really think I I look at it much differently. I'm going to prepare to to try to play my best, and um, you know, I definitely think I have a little comfort in my in my preparation and in what I do to get ready for games now. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it needs to change. I, I have confidence out there, and um, I think I can. I can take on a challenge for sure. Road trip starts tomorrow in Winnipeg, and then Chicago on Sunday. And of course, life for the next few weeks, at the very least, will be without Tage Thompson. And welcome in with Marty. I'm Brian. Thank you, by the way, to all of you who graciously donated your time, your turkeys in exchange for tickets this morning. I dare say, and I have to tell you, Marty, I don't think our analytics department has been all over this event in years past. I went digging and digging and digging for numbers. <laughs> and, you know, I got some like, I got some cliche stock answers. Let's put it that okay. way. Um, I'm going to say that today was a record setting day. Well, it was <laughs> where we were. It was definitely where we were. I don't know um, if the other spots were as popular because let's face it duffer you and i and pat coletta were the main attraction of the wegmans in west seneca um so we like there's no analytics to back it up as you pointed out but the eye test is pretty significant and uh, the amount of of uh, pallets of like uh turkeys that we had in the truck the, the truck was full we never filled up a truck we had a second truck come in yeah because of that um, and the amount of vouchers that we gave out um, had us you know, scrambling, right? So um, let's just put it that way. So it was it was the busiest, uh, and it was supposed to be from seven to nine. People started lining up at a quarter to six. It's That's never incredible. Been, it's never been from seven to nine. From the very first time I attended, it always was pretty much in operation by 6.15 at the latest. I don't want to tell people that because you really should stick to seven to nine. But (laughs) at the same time, if people did stick to seven to nine, they would then be cut off at nine. And, you know, it's no guarantee that we would get through as many as we did. But anyway, it was awesome. Uh, Feed more Western New York, Buffalo City Mission, Wegmans, Odyssey, um, 
and of course the Sabres and the alumni, just a really, really significant collaboration today. And uh, at our location alone, thousands upon thousands of turkeys donated. So thank you one and all for that. Um, the and the, volunteer, the volunteers Duffer, did an unbelievable job. Like every time you you came into the Wingman's parking lot and they're like, there's somebody there guiding you one way. There's somebody at the end guiding you. Like you, every year there's somebody that's like, where do I go? Like there's somebody that we cuts across. Oh, you had two of them? Yeah. I didn't, I, I, I was going to say we had a clean slate this morning, but we didn't. So, but it's usually five, six, seven, ten of them that are like, I came in the wrong way. And, but yeah. they did a great job today, making sure everybody knew where they were going. It was as quick as we could do it. And, uh, so much so that Pat Collada told me to stop talking. Yes. Like, Marty, well, stop talking. I'm going to tell you the same thing because we, uh, have Turkey talked too much and we are oh. taking time <laughs> because we have two guests coming up in the form of Seth Appert and Darren Drager. So let's get to the matter at hand. It's no Thompson for weeks. Probably less than two months based on what Don Granado has been saying, but no exact timeline. Yeah. So it's week to week. But you heard from Cousins and you heard from Middlestad off the top of the show. And it's hard to know anything quite now in practice because Krebs is ahead of the team meeting them in Winnipeg. So he's not skating. And you have Benson slotting in today, you know, maybe for the first time back. Um, you have Tuck in a non-contact jersey, but skating on the on a on what would appear to be a top line. My question is, if healthy, this group that is on the ice today and traveling with the Sabres, would you be inclined to go Skinner Cousins Tuck? Or would yeah. you go Skinner Middlestad Tuck, which saw way more time together last year? And based on that alone ended up far more productive and had a higher goals for percentage when on the ice than the limited role that has been seen with Cousins between Skinner and Tuck. I personally would have been more inclined to have middle stat between Skinner and Tuck than having Dylan Cousins there. Uh, but I also think that Dylan Cousins isn't at full speed yet after missing a few games and still wearing the shield. So you're going to surround them with what is probably your best pair, uh, your best duo up front, which is Skinner and Tuck. When healthy, that's your best duo up front. So you're going to, okay, let's surround Cousins with that and let's keep Middlestat and Paterka working the way that they've been working. Now we're just going to hope that Zach Benson can come in and maybe provide that missing piece. Like Jordan Greenway was good on that line, but the offense and the production hasn't been there. So he does a lot of good things. The forechecking, he kills penalty, but the production hasn't been there. So I, I, I get why they're doing it this way. And I, if I read between the lines, I see that it's to give themselves the most balanced top six um, to have cousins with Skinner and Tuck. But I would have gone back to a bag of tricks that worked last year well at the end of the season and have put Middlestat with Skinner and Tuck. Now, what's interesting is we played the sound at the top of the show. Dylan Cousins is like, yeah, we're going to have to be aware. We're going to have to step up. We're going to have to do something more because we have to fill the the empty space uh, left with Tage Thompson injury. Casey Middlestat is like, oh, it doesn't change my game. I'm, I know what I need to do. So if there's two sides of the spectrum here. I think Casey's saying, I'm playing good because I'm playing the way I know how to play. 
I'm not going to change that just because Tage isn't in the lineup. And Dylan Cousins is in that spot where Tage would be. So he says, yeah, I got to be better. I got to step up. We all have to step up. So it's funny that there's two different messages with those two players. True, but at the same time, if you're being honest, Casey would be far more comfortable with his production this year compared to Dylan. Yes, absolutely. That's why Casey is saying I'm good. I, I, you know, I'm my, yeah. I know what I need to do to be ready. My, mm-hmm. my preparation, my routine. I know what it is. And Dylan is still searching for that. So obviously he's gonna. And and often when they answer questions, you mm-hmm. know, you either go one cliches or the other, and you kind of go down that route. One says it's a big piece. We got to fill it in. Some other guys would say. Hey, when men goes down, uh, it's another man's, you know, chance to step up and we have good depth. And I mean, we all hear them, but it's funny that they chose different, not cliches, but answers with their own comfort in their play this year. I think they're supposed to be cliches, but you may have paraphrased them in a way where they sounded unfamiliar to many of us, but good try. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate the next effort. man up mentality is a cliche. It felt like that. <laughs> yes. I don't think it came out exactly that way. Um, so is there anything else though, that the, the group, regardless of the top two lines, but obviously heavy emphasis on those two lines, um, like what else can they do to feel like a three or four line team here at the moment? Well, look, to be honest with you, I watched the Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks game last night. And even Just though the other Island- game that saw a two goal lead disappear, uh, two, two goal lead, it was two, nothing and three, one. And then Vancouver kept coming back and they got a five on three in the third period and win it in overtime. But I know Vancouver is a fast team. They play quick. The reason why the Islanders got a point is because they surprised me in the speed as to which they played. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's why they were up to nothing and three, one, because they played really quick for me. It's, it doesn't matter who you are. Don't hang on to pucks, move it quick, quick passes. Like it's, it's there's another cliche. The puck moves faster than your feet, right? Like we hear that at, at eight years old, at 10 years old, move the puck. It moves faster than your feet. Sabres have to. All right, there's Bill's interim office like, coordinator, Joe Brady. He will continue on. You can catch that in full in a little bit and, on our website often. at WGR550.com. But we got to go. We'll no, join Sabres live in progress after this quick timeout. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk more about Joe Brady in the upcoming game against the Jets. Buffalo Football Friday tomorrow. Stay tuned. Sabres live on the way next. This is WGR. In the pace of play that they play with. Well, again, it'll be a big opportunity for Olafson to stay warm, um, for Rusak if he is playing. I mean, right now he's slotted in between Gergensen's and Opozo, but that is a spot where Krebs could obviously step in if uh, he's able to play. He, of course, is in Winnipeg attending a family matter and he'll meet the club there. So, yep. um, I don't know. It's, it's, we'll hear from, um, Seth Apper to the Amherst coming up and obviously talk to him about, his best players right now and how how close they may be to taking that next step uh, if, if called upon here. Um, before we break away to Seth, though, uh, I'm assuming that there's less to talk about for you as it pertains to the blue line. We know that Henry Yokoharu has been under the weather, so they're kind of easing him back in. I know Ryan Johnson skated with Owen Power today, but the group just collectively needs to have more of an offensive impact print on 
situational play and then the end results. So as you funnel through the lineup here on the last off day before you get busy again, the only other big story remaining is can Eric Comrie come back in and mm-hmm. play as well as he has shown at times this year? Well, I told you yesterday, I feel that as soon as Comrie is ready to to be activated from injured reserve, then you play him. It's not like, hey, let's give you a game as a backup. You're going to do a warm-up. No, I think as soon as Comrie is ready to play, you play him because he had played well and you need to kind of get a plan here with your goaltenders. Uh, Uko Pekalukunen came back and played well uh, in the, you know, in the uh, period and a half that he played in the last game, but he also gave up a bad goal against Pittsburgh that made a difference, right? And made it to nothing. It kind of kills you, your vibe a little bit. Not that the Sabres had much vibe against Pittsburgh Saturday night, but you, you need to see where Comrie is at. So as soon as he was ready to play, you play him um, on the back end quickly. I think that, you know, it was a slow start to the season to Owen power for Owen power. And then it picked up, you know, in the middle there for a few game and then it's dropped off again. And I think when you talk about speed and quickness and pace, I feel like Owen is not playing with much of that in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone. So Henry Yoki, are you really? was a big help for Owen in that department. And when they were paired together, it worked well. But I, I'd like to see if Henry's not 100% or not ready to go tomorrow night. Or but I'd like to see what Ryan Johnson can do there. I feel like Ryan skates well. Ryan skates quick. Ryan is all, you know, over the ice coming across with the angles. I feel like that may help the pace for the power, you know, pairing that has been a, a bit on the slower side, especially last game without Yoki Aryu. Uh, do you think, um, what do you think of this latest opportunity for Zach Benson? I think to me, it's, look, you played well in camp. You you you, you were uh, kind of the, the darling, right? Coming out like Zach Benson, look at him, look at him. And then it's the NHL. It's regular season. It's different. And you miss some time. This may be the, I don't want to say the last look. But this, these next three games are going to make a big, big, uh, you know, difference in the decisions of the team to, to what they do with Zach Benson. So, um, they're not going to dress him to play him in the bottom six. Like if you want to evaluate Zach Benson and can he give you, uh, some production and the, the ice, the quality ice time that you would want from a top six or a first round pick. You you trust him on the top nine and on top six, I should say, and that's what they're doing. So they can evaluate him properly and then decide what they're going to do with Benson if he's going to go back to juniors or stay for the year. So I think that's that's why he's in the spot that he is right now. What is your realistic expectation? I mean, he hasn't played since October 29th. Do you think he's going to come back looking better than he did at any point? Or do you think it's going to be a big challenge stepping in after missing time? I'd love to say that he's going to come back better, but I think it's going to be a big challenge. And and look, it was a challenge even after game two, three, four. Like, okay, let's let's see where you are at. You know, Matt Savoy uh, did not have you know a chance to to really get going in training camp. Played well in Rochester. He played one game with the Sabers, and you're looking and you're like, okay, we see that there's talent. We see that there's things where he can go, um, but it's not ready yet. I. I think with Benson, even though I love the kid, I think he's going to be a very, very fun player, a fan favorite to a certain extent with how uh, um, aggressive and uh, 
uh, a little bit of a, a pain in the neck to play against. He will be. Um, I, From what I'm seeing now, and I'm really going to look tomorrow and Sunday for a better direction, but for what I'm seeing now, I think you're going to have to look at your depth and Rochester to be able to fill in that gap. I think it's going to be the last look for Zach Benson. Nothing wrong with the kid, but right now there's the team is not where we thought they were going to be. If they are nine, four and one, it's different. Maybe it eases up the expectation for Benson, but being a game behind 500 at this point um, puts a lot of pressure on that decision and, and figuring it out. So obviously Sabres off to Winnipeg this afternoon. They get the Jets tomorrow, a place where they have won the last two head-to-head meetings. And then they're into Chicago on Sunday. They'll take on uh, Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks at that point in time. Obviously, Buffalo sitting below 500 right now, coming off of consecutive losses. Uh, are we getting Seth or are we waiting for Seth? All right, let's uh, get Seth. And as we do so, a reminder to learn to play. And the registration is now open as uh, we have multiple locations for Sabres Learn to Play, which includes six weeks of on-ice instruction and head-to-toe equipment for registrants. Hockey instruction for uh, children ages four to nine. And of course, sabers.com slash learn to play. Amherst coach Seth Appert has joined us here on a game day for them. They've got two against the Monsters on the road this week. Seth, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you. Uh, I understand your team is uh, a little healthier than it has been in recent games. Uh, couldn't get a lot much worse. So <laughs> pretty, pretty close to uh, putting Pacer and Vinny in the lineup. So uh, we are getting a little bit healthier. We still have a chunk of guys out, uh, but uh, we will get um, Michael Mersh, uh, Brandon Biro, Alexander Kisikoff, uh back to the lineup tonight. Uh, despite the injuries, I feel like you guys have been able to create offense. And, and there was, what was it, the game last week where you guys had all these these newcomers and they all provided some offense in the game. What's been the key to being able to keep that offense going with all these changes, especially with the forwards? Well, I think a couple of things. One, our our leadership core, led by Mersh, Prow, and those guys, now Byron and Murray are becoming that just have established a really good culture here over the last few years. We've been in this situation before, unfortunately, uh, where it's the next man up mentality. Uh, Mercy treats everybody so well. Um, he's very welcoming. It's, it's a, it's an accepting locker room. So guys come in and they feel comfortable. They're treated the right way by our staff, our support staff, by our players. And I think that puts them in position to be successful uh, and then I think uh, Isak Roseanne and Yuri Kulik have done a fabulous job the last two weeks with most of our big guns out um, of being not just skilled, but being drivers of our team, driving our identity, driving our competitiveness. Uh, and that's been impressive to see, especially the age they're at. Are you still um, mentioning them in tandem like you did last year? Because remember when everybody wanted to talk about Yuri? You made sure to talk about Isaac as well. Uh, do you feel like that's the way to discuss them again this year? Well, I discussed it that way last year because you guys kept forgetting about Roseanne. So, uh, <laughs> well, not us. By you guys, the, I mean the, the media. Other media. Yes. Hey, I love how you don't consider us media. I thank you, Seth, for that. <laughs> uh, but no, I think that Isaac's game is more subtle. Um, uh, Yuri's game is so powerful, so explosive. It's easier 
to be drawn into his game and his, his skill. Um, and his overall game has grown so much. Again, played center in the conference finals last year at 18 years old, is playing first-line center uh, on a team that's doing well right now. So real credit to him. But Isak's game is a little more subtle. It's a little more understated. Uh, but his, his intelligence, his, uh, how physically he's playing, how well he's penalty killing at the young age that he's at, have all been really impressive. And so um, they all, last Friday's win, those two had uh, career highs in the American League in hits, takeaways, and puck battles. And that just shows you the, the growth in their game and that they're willing to be drivers for us in the harder areas of the game, not just the skilled areas of the game. So we asked our fans a question yesterday about obviously Tage Thompson missing some time and how do you feel that? It was a fill in the blank uh, Wednesday. So um, some people mentioned Kulik, some people mentioned Roseanne, and some people mentioned them together as a way. So I, I, I'm not going to ask you to say, hey, who do you call up first or whatnot, but have you played them together all season? How do they look together and how did they look when you separate them individually? They've played together this year um, for, for pretty, pretty much every game. Um, mm -hmm. So last year they didn't play together all that often. I thought that last year, as young as they were, uh, especially early in the season, they, they needed some older guys around them to help them uh, and to do some of the heavier lifting in, at certain times. Uh, this year, I intentionally put them together uh, for their chemistry. They're great friends. I mean, they are great friends. They push each other, they challenge each other, but they're great friends. And also I challenge them that they need to be drivers this year. Uh, they need to do what Jack Quinn did in year two in the American League, which is not just produce offense, but drive winning, drive identity, drive the competitiveness of our group. So, um, and they're doing those things. Um, the only, the times they've played to, uh, apart this year, just because of injuries this year, we've won 11 and seven, a decent amount. And then a lot of times I double shift those two uh, back with a different line. And so then they'd be apart there. So uh, last Friday, I think Roseanne had 24 minutes and Kulik had 22 and a half. Uh, it was a pretty insane level of minutes in a winning game um, at the age that they're at. It was amazing. Obviously, we were simultaneously having Hockey Fights Cancer Night here. You were in Rochester. Can you just put a bow on that whole experience, given that what you just said about the top prospects who were doing all the things they needed to do but they did not dominate the score sheet at all the fact that you had so many guys come in like what did that feel like at the end of of friday night given that it's always a special night that that is a special night uh, to do our part uh and to help help in that cause uh, and to show so many friends and family members and and people in our community that that they're not in it alone um And so uh, to have that collective effort on a night like that, I thought was pretty special and, and uh, said a lot about our crew, you know, but uh, Dom Mersch and Chris Brown and, um, you know, Damian Giroux and uh, Riley Fiddler Schultz, Metza, you know, it was neat to see all that. And it's a credit to our scouting staff uh, and it's a credit to Jason Carmanos, uh, the depth 
of talent that we have, but also the depth of character that we do. We're really careful about the guys that we sign, who we surround our top prospects with. And these guys are not only all very good hockey players, but they're really quality people. A lot of our depth guys were captains of their junior team, captains of their college team, things of that nature. Uh, so when you're, when you need them, not only are you putting in good hockey players, but you're putting in winners of teammates as well. Now, this is not as uh Crazy as asking a goalie to play forward or defense, but what was the conversation with Zach Metzo when you said, Hey dude, I need you to play forward and you're going to be uh, maybe even playing some center. Like uh, what was that like when you pulled him aside to tell him he had to play forward because you were short on bodies? Well, I think, you know, he just wants to be in the lineup. Uh, he had to put <laughs> forward a little bit his freshman year at Quinnipiac to stay in the lineup. Um, and obviously he developed into being what he was at Quinnipiac and their best player and their captain. So um, I felt that he was probably the defenseman that could best make the transition. Uh, his skill set, his intelligence. And then what I've done over the last couple of years when we've been in this spot, and we've had to do this with Nick Boca a number of times and Mitch Elliott a number of times, I think it's easier for them to play center. And it, that sounds counterintuitive, but one of the hardest plays for a forward is to get stuck on the wall with a rim and a defenseman pinching on them. Yeah. That's a play that a defenseman isn't in ever. Where at center, um, the D zone responsibilities of a center and a defenseman are almost identical. Um, so it puts them in a little bit more of a comfort zone from a defensive zone situation. And Zach Betts is such a smart occupier. He, the, his line was one of our best lines, both yeah. games he played center. Um, it's funny that now we're going to put him in the bumper on the power play tonight because he looked so good at forward. Um, and, and anything we can do to keep him in our lineup, uh, is a good idea for us as a coaching staff. Amazing. He had such a great primary assist. He dropped the mitts after a, you know, kind of a cheeky hit on the, you know, on his teammate in the neutral zone. Like everything he does just oozes everything you've ever said about him, which is, which is fantastic. Hey, not to give away state secrets here or anything, but like you're uniquely positioned to answer this. Um, and again, it goes back to Marty's question about the absence of Tage Thompson. And if someone in this case, specifically Yuri was called up, like what's been the benefit organizationally to have him playing center in the American hockey league, but with a lot of people thinking that if he was to get recalled to the NHL, he would probably start on the wing. Can you take us through that? Well, I, I, I believe, and, and I started believing in this, like when I was at USA and I would do this with a lot of our players at the national program. If you can play all three forward positions, your, your odds of making the NHL increase dramatically. Um, and then your, your ability to stay in the NHL, because a lot of times when call-ups happen, it's, we need a center or we need someone that can play the wall uh, or we need a penalty killer, whatever that is. And, and then, and then once you get that shot, you can grow within that shot and, and, and grow past just being a call-up guy. But originally a lot of times it's a, it's a niche uh, that is needed to be filled. And so my goal with Yuri last year, put him on the wing early to lessen the burden of defensive expectation help him mature his game to, to be able to be a really good American leaguer, but then grow his game and add more defensive responsibility as the season went on. And, you know, credit to him, he's taken that. And I think people think he's a winger because he's got that shot and he's a shoot first type of player. Mm -hmm. um, but 
he's been a better offensive player at center, even with all that defensive responsibility for us over the last, you know, the end of last year. And then the first part of this year, uh, he gets the puck in motion. He, he gets the puck with speed through the middle of the ice. Uh, and, and he's so dangerous uh, when he's at full speed. So uh, I think he has the ability to play both, but I'm less convinced now than I was nine months ago that he's going to be a wing in the NHL because he just might be a center in the NHL now. Duffer doesn't want me to talk about turkeys anymore because we did so many of them this morning, but I'm going to ask you who's cooking the turkey next week in the controlled uh, center that you guys have in Rochester with Vinny and, uh, you know, everybody. So who's, who's in charge of the turkey? Uh, at the ranch. Uh, at the ranch. Yes. That's what you should, that's what Vinny, you call it, the ranch. Vinny and Amir and Tones. Yeah, we are roommates. Uh, so they're, they're like our children at the ranch. So <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's great. We did that with Webby last year. It's, it's actually a lot of fun and, and helps the staff camaraderie. And I think the staff camaraderie helps the player camaraderie. So, um, I'll, be you're, you're doing the Turkey, you're stuffing oh, no. the Turkey. I'll be sneaking over to, uh, Niski, you know, uh, the town we lived in when I coached the RPI, my, my wife and daughter uh. gonna go there and see family friends. So, I'll be doing a quick little day trip over to Niskayuna. Um, and I doubt that Amir is going to do it because uh, I don't think that's in the <laughs> skill set. So, uh, but, but we'll see where that goes. Hey, that's where the 20 pounds of lunch meat duffer would come in handy. You just, everybody makes sandwiches with turkey, like lunch meat. That as would long be great. as you make the best gravy ever. Yes. No one would notice the difference. A hundred percent. Seth, thank you as always for the time. Good luck tonight and uh, in Cleveland twice against the monsters this week. Thanks for having me on, guys. Seth Appert, head coach of the Amherst. We'll have hockey insider Darren Dreger next. Thanks, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.